It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Jackson Gatlin here, host of the Monday edition Locked On NBA podcast. Every Monday, I cover the three biggest stories in the NBA with the local experts from Locked On. It's an awesome recap of the weekend of the NBA and a look at what's ahead. Mark your calendars on Monday to join me for Locked On NBA podcast, available on YouTube and wherever you get your podcasts. It's time to cut through the clutter. It's time to think about the conference at large. It's time for an Eastern Conference Power Rankings. Let's get to it. I'll tell you why I think the Orlando Magic are still making their way up the ladder. Coming up on today's episode of Locked On Magic. You are Locked On Magic, your daily Orlando Magic podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Done Magic today is August 24th, 2022. My name is Philip Rossman-Reich. I'm the expert and site editor over at orlandomagicdaily.com. Of course, follow me on Twitter at philiprr underscore omd. On today's episode of Locked On Magic, we're going to take our time and begin thinking about the Eastern Conference as a whole. We're going to do an early power rankings of the Eastern Conference, who the contenders are, who the teams in the middle are, and of course the teams bringing up the rear and why the Magic are probably still in that third group. We'll get to the Magic later on in the show, but I want to kind of take a macro look at the entire conference. We'll get to that coming up here in just a moment. But first, we want to thank you again for making Locked On Magic part of your day every day. No matter when you listen to us, whether it's first thing in the morning, whether it's right when we upload, we truly appreciate you making Locked On Magic part of your day every day. Remember, there's a great Locked On podcast covering every single team in the NBA, to search for Locked On and the team you're looking for, the Locked On Podcast Network. It's your team every day. Like I said uh, earlier, uh, this was it this week or last week? I, days, all days end in Y for me. Uh, as as the great John Denton used to tell me, every day is Tuesday during the season. Um, it's 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 a time to be optimistic about the Orlando Magic. Um, please. Be optimistic about this team. Believe this team can accomplish everything that it can accomplish. Um, I know I talked about it last week. Um, I think I just repost, re-shared that, that that podcast. Beauty of beauty of the offseason. Everything's evergreen. Um, but um, but uh, 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 this is the time to believe in the best version of this team. Um, so before we dive into how I look at the Eastern Conference right now and, and where I think teams are slotting in, um, I, I want to start by saying this. Let's let's start with the Orlando Magic. There is 100% a universe where this Orlando Magic team makes the playoffs. The difference between winning 25 games and 35 to even 40 games is not a huge leap. Just look at the 2019 Orlando Magic. Seriously, just look at the 2019 Orlando Magic. They were dead in the water at 20 and 31 and finished that season 22 and 9 to get to 42 wins. None of us saw that coming, and as it was happening, as we saw the Magic climb the playoff, climb the standings quickly, make a surprise run to the playoffs because most of the playoff field is set um, by midseason, that was a really incredible thing that that team did. Um, that was a fun season. Um, it was a fun team. It was a fun group. And yes, we knew they weren't winning a championship. We knew they weren't getting out of the first round. But the 2019 season is one we should hang on to. And... There is no reason 
to ever, you know, that team, the heart and hustle team of 2000, those teams should teach us all that if things break right, um, if everything comes together, if everyone buys in, getting an eight seed, sneaking into the play, sneaking into the playoffs, it's in quotation marks, um, is absolutely doable. Um, you know, one of the one of the big things that one of the quotes from a coach during the time that I've covered the team that's always hung with me is I remember asking Scott Skiles after the Magic finished uh, the season that he coached, um, saying, you know. Yes, there's disappointment because the team started off so well. They were in such great playoff positioning. They, they had a good chance of making the playoffs that season, breaking through. But, you know, still, they improved by 10 wins. There was significant growth. How do you take that next step? And and I remember he turned turned to me and said, look, getting from 25 to 35 wins is easy. Getting from 35 to 50 is hard. So... I look at this team, the 22-win team last year, and yes, I, you know, we'll get into why I think the Magic are still kind of grinding a little bit, but, um, but the Magic have their work cut out for them, obviously, to, to take that next step, but it is 100% possible. Between all the young players who are inevitably going to get better, a second year with the same coach, so some stability on that front, um, a number one overall pick in Paolo Bancaro that we think can become a, a true all-star, a true superstar. There is no reason not to believe in this team or, 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 or to dis- there's no reason to discount that this team could take that leap. And you know, again, while I'm going to argue here in a minute that it, it, it's not likely they're going to take that leap or it's not something that, that, that I would you know, bet something significant on, it is absolutely possible. This team has the talent talent levels. It's just bringing it all together, and it just comes down to consistency. That's that's the big thing. You ask any team, any player, any coach, the NBA is about consistency. It's what you can do every single night without concern. And young teams are inconsistent. That's, that's just how it is. Young teams do not have that level of consistency yet. And that's where we're going to dive into this Eastern Conference and why teams slot where I'm going to slot them, from the top to the bottom to the middle to wherever. Um, it is about what you can count on every single night. It's about what you can believe in on a regular basis, on a random Tuesday in January as much as a TNT game in March. Um, you know, you need, te- you need teams, you need players that are going to bring the same level of intensity every night. And that's why I think the Eastern Conference, uh, the top of the Eastern Conference, is really about four teams. There are four t- true title contenders. I'll grant you a fifth, um, but that fifth team is a mess, as we'll get into here. Um, the, the, the true title contenders in this Eastern Conference are Boston, Milwaukee, uh, Philadelphia, and Miami. Um, and, and I don't think you can argue that all four of those teams don't have winning the championship as their main goal. All four of those teams should believe that a championship is within reach. And that's that's how they should approach the season. You know, obviously Boston went to the NBA Finals last year. They finally had the breakthrough, got to the Finals and fell short. And, and they're still an extremely young, they're not an extremely young team, but they're still a young team. And that's going to be a moment of extreme growth for them. That's going to be a moment where they are Trying to pick up the pieces and trying to uh, trying to understand how to get better. To Boston's credit, they did not rest on their laurels. 
They had the best defense in the league last year. They went out and got Malcolm Brogdon and Danilo Gallinari to try and add some offensive consistency, to try and add a little bit more to their offense because too often their offense devolved into Jason Tatum and Jalen Brown trying to do things by themselves. And so adding a a, a really solid playmaker and defender in Brogdon, uh, a great shooter in Brogdon, as well as a great shooter in Gallinari, that's going to add to what's already a strong roster. And Boston didn't have to give up anything for them. Boston kept their main rotation intact. So provided health, provided that teams don't figure out how to beat their defense this year, Boston should be considered a favorite to return to the finals. I would also say Milwaukee should be a co-favorite to return to the finals as well. To me, the only reason the Bucs were unable to beat the Celtics in that second round series was because Chris Middleton was hurt. If Chris Middleton is playing, I think we are looking at a Bucks warriors finals, which would have been delightful, um, would have been absolutely fun. Uh, and and, and uh, it, it's the Bucs are a really good team. They know who they are, and granted, they did not make any major moves this offseason. Um, they re-signed Bobby Portis. They're banking that a healthy team can help them get, get over the hump. Uh, Milwaukee is certainly still a title contender by any stretch of the imagination. Philadelphia, obviously they added James Harden. Now it's kind of the big storyline for them last season. They pushed all their chips in on winning a title. Joel Embiid is at an MVP level. This is their window. And if they are unable to win during this championship window, they have failed miserably. That is That would be unacceptable if they are unable to win during this title window. Um, that's something that they are going to have to... They're going to have to reckon with. And they're going to have to kind of push themselves forward to... Uh, uh, push themselves forward to, to 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 reach that new height, to reach that new that new level. Um, it is it, Philadelphia is really really good. I think they still have some shortcomings. I think their lack of three point shooting uh, is a bit is a big thing. But adding DeAnthony Melton is a really underrated move. I really like that move for them. Um, and really, it's just going to be about figuring out the balance for James Harden and Joel Embiid, and, and maybe making another move down the road. Um, I don't think they want to get rid of Tyrese Maxey, but Tyrese Maxey is going to have to find his fit with that team as well. Philadelphia is still a very, very good team. Do not sleep on them. And, you know, honestly, I'm, I'm hesitant to put Miami in this top group, but you have to. Um, Miami has spent this whole offseason feeling disrespected. They were the top seed in the Eastern Conference last year. Heat culture is a real thing. They find guys. Their guys fit perfectly. Jimmy Butler paces himself really well through the regular season and then turns into a completely different player in the playoffs. It's really incredible to watch. Miami is still a really, really good team. Um, and, and I think there are fair questions asked about Miami. They got to be healthy. Um, you know, they're they're kind of finely tuned in place. Kyle Lowry's got to have a bounce back year. I think they need Bam Adebayo to take a, a significant step forward um, if they want to really be a type, really, you know, truly win a championship again. But the Heat perform. They do the job every single night, every single year. It doesn't matter who's in, who's out in the regular season. They do the job, and I think you got to respect them for that and give them the flowers. The middle of the Eastern Conference is very interesting, to say the least. We're going to fill out the rest of kind of the teams and playoff contention, where they're going, and kind of whether this is the area where the Magic can kind of get to. We'll get to that coming up here in just a moment. But first, summer is coming to a close here. You might be thinking about that last 
road trip. Labor Day coming up, of course. Last road trip before summer officially closes. Um, and you're hanging out with some friends. And yes, having a good time. Maybe putting back a few drinks. Well, a few can become a few too many very, very quickly. And as the evening comes to an end and people start to head out, you think of calling for a ride. You think of of making your way home. But nah, you live nearby. You can make it home. It's no big deal. Well, what are the odds you'll get pulled over anyway? And even so, what's the worst that could happen? Your insurance goes up. You lose your license. You lose your job. You total your car. You kill someone. These are the simple decisions that people make that can have big, big effects. So make the right decision. Everyone knows about the risks of driving drunk. The results are tragic and often deadly. However, that still does not stop everyone from getting behind the wheel while under the influence. That's why police officers are out there right now, depending on what time of day. I mean, I'm recording this in the morning, so I doubt they're out there right now. But right now, looking for impaired drivers on our roads to save lives. So if you think you're okay to drive after a few drinks, think again. Play it safe and plan ahead to get a ride. In this day and age, how could you not? It's super easy to call a ride and get home safely. It only takes one mistake to tra- change your life or someone else's forever. Drive sober or get pulled over. The NBA playoffs are right around the corner, and Locked On NBA is here daily to keep you caught up with all the late season drama. Every Monday, Jackson Gatlin rounds up the three biggest stories around the league, helping to break down the NBA playoffs. Mark your calendars to listen to Locked On NBA every Monday to be up to date. Locked On NBA, available on YouTube and wherever you get podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. So let's dive into kind of the meat of the Eastern Conference. You know, if you're the Magic, you're not thinking about title contention right now. Um, you know, maybe if you're thinking about title contention for the Orlando Magic, you're thinking by 2030. That's a joke. Um, but, uh, but you know, you're thinking a, a few years down the road. You're not thinking of a reason as the year the Orlando Magic are going to win a title. That's, 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 just, that's just life. Uh, but... Uh, if you are a Magic fan, you're thinking, at least within the next two, three years, of being kind of in this group, this group that is solidly a playoff team um, and, and looking to make that step up. Um, certainly, if you're the Magic, you know I would argue the goal for the Orlando Magic over the next two years, be where the Cleveland Cavaliers and Charlotte Hornets are at. You know, let's take some baby steps maybe, but um, maybe we could take a gi- more gigantic leap depending on how good some of these guys develop. But if the Magic could be kind of in the spot where we're going to talk about Chicago, about Cleveland, about Charlotte, that's kind of where they want to be. So let's dive into kind of that next, this, this of teams uh, for the uh, for the Eastern Conference. You know, there are, like I said, four real title contenders, the Brooklyn Nets. Um, I wrote my article of kind of power ranking the Eastern Conference um, after the news came out or before the news came out about Kevin Durant um, kind of rescinding his trade request. Um, I'm still kind of loath to make them fifth, but for for the sake of this comparison, yes, the Brooklyn Nets with Kevin Durant, with Kyrie Irving, with Ben Simmons, if they can figure things out, if they can put some of those pieces together, that is a championship level team. They've got championship level talent at the very, very least. Um, and 
And you can't ignore it. Like, look, at the end of the day, if you want to win a championship in this league, you have to have the best players. Kevin Durant and Kyrie Irving are two of the 10 best players in this league. They are title contenders. As long as those two guys are playing and able to play together and coexist and make things work, you know, yes, Brooklyn, I think, has a supporting cast problem, but Durant and Irving are enough on their own to get a team over the top. And we're not even talking about Ben Simmons, who despite all the criticisms, and and some of them fair, some of them not, despite all the criticisms, is still a really, really, really good player. So don't count out the Brooklyn Nets. I have the Atlanta Hawks also climbing into this tier. I I really love what Atlanta did this offseason. They kind of traded off some aging players. Uh, Danilo Gallinari was not quite working out for them. You know, they, they're, they're expecting some young players to step up in DeAndre Hunter, but they really addressed, I feel like, the biggest issue that team had last year. That team last year was Trey Young and no one else. And if you watch the playoff series against the Miami Heat, the Heat just bombarded Trey Young. They made Trey Young's life so difficult. They made it so hard for him to just do anything. And the whole focus for that Miami Heat te- that Miami Heat defense was to bottle up uh was to bottle up Trey Young and just not allow him to do anything like nothing zero zilch nada um and you know Young still got some of his numbers but he had to work so hard and by game 4 you could tell how exhausted he was just trying to get free Atlanta needed a secondary ball handler they needed someone who could relieve some of that pressure on him and they went out and got a pretty good guy. Like, DeJounte Murray was an all-star last year on a mediocre at best San Antonio Spurs team. He is a dynamic playmaker. I think he gives them a new element. I think moving Trey Young off the ball more often is going to help his shooting percentages go up, make him more effective. I don't think it's going to affect his scoring numbers very much. Um, having that secondary playmaker, I think, is such a huge move and such a huge boost to this Atlanta team. I expect them to be back. You know, if they were an Eastern Conference finalist two years ago, I don't know if they'll be that good this year, obviously, but I, I think they are back into thinking about getting into the second round again. And that obviously should be an expectation for them. They've got a great pick-and-roll partner in Clint Capella. John Collins was hurt most of last year, too. If he's healthy, that gives them a new and interesting dynamic and some versatility. They've still got Bogdan Bogdanovich. If they can get good shooting seasons from DeAndre Hunter and Kevin Herter, their defense should improve a little bit. That's uh, the other uh, need that they didn't really address, but... I really love what Atlanta did. I think Atlanta's back into the conversation to get into the second round of the playoffs, which I think is um, is where they need to be. You know, the other sure playoff team is obviously the Toronto Raptors, sort of like the Miami Heat. The Raptors are just a sure thing. Um, you know, I, I, I honestly, like, the standings, the way I'm presenting these teams is not necessarily the standings in which they will finish. Like, I think Milwaukee is the first or second best team in the, in the conference, I think they're going to finish third or fourth because Giannis paces himself. They they know how to win. Seeding isn't so important to them. Like needs to be the number one seed. They need to push and get home court advantage to give themselves a real chance. And I, you know, I think they could be a second or third seed. Um, you know, Brooklyn obviously. I have them like fifth or sixth. Everything could break right for them, and and, and they could be a top seed too. So don't take this as a standings, but just kind of where I where I'm feeling about teams. Toronto is a great example of this. Toronto could easily be a four or five seed. They are just so good and so solid and well coached. Um, they know exactly who they are. They know exactly what they're trying to do, and and they are really tough to game plan for in the regular season. 
Um, you know, I, I say this about the Utah Jazz a lot. Utah Jazz are a great regular season team. It is hard to prepare for them. It is hard to get ready for them during the course of a regular season. But in the playoffs, they're a little bit easier to game plan. And I think that's kind of what happens in Toronto because, you know, unless Pascal Siakam takes a really significant, and it's not that he's bad, he's really, really good, uh, unless he takes a really significant leap and jump, they, uh, you know, they're just, it's not that they're one-dimensional. It's, it's they're easy easier to game plan for in the playoffs because they don't have that that star to kind of elevate them over. And that's why I have Toronto kind of below Atlanta, below Brooklyn, because at the end of the day, they have very good players. They fit really well together, but in the playoffs, you know, they're not the same team. Um, they're not, they're just not, I just don't think that they're necessarily a strong playoff team. Again, like, you drop a Kawhi Leonard on that team, then all of a sudden they are a title contender. That's how good their supporting cast is. And if they if they could ever marshal their resources, get another Kawhi Leonard like they did in, or for the 2019 season, um, you know they're back in the title contention. That's how solid they are. They're they're going to be in the playoffs. They're they're just unless you know they just get so hit with injuries. Um, but they're just really really good. The other teams uh, I, I want to highlight in, in this part. Um, are the two teams that I think the Magic should be aspiring to, to reach. Um, the Cleveland Cavaliers and the Charlotte Hornets. Um, I have them ahead of Chicago. We'll talk about Chicago in the next segment. I, I do like Chicago a lot too, and I think Chicago is a clear playoff team as well. There's just something about them I, I, that doesn't feel right. Um, Cleveland and Charlotte are the two teams that could I think could really spoil things in the Eastern Conference for somebody this year. Um, Cleveland had their breakout year last year. Darius Garland jumped into all into becoming an all-star. Jared Allen jumped into becoming an all-star. Evan Mobley was a rookie of the year candidate in a very good rookie class. Um, this was a really good and well-put-together team. They did it mostly without Colin Sexton. It's not clear where he's going to end up and what the deal is with him. Uh, he has not yet signed his qualifying offer or his contract with the Cleveland Cavaliers. Um, I, I, I really like Cleveland and the direction they're going. They're playing it smart. They didn't try and push all their chips in. They're going to let this young group kind of figure themselves out for another year, see if they could repeat last year's results, see if they can get a little bit better. And then I think they're going to be real big players on the trade market again uh, to try and find a way to, to, to elevate themselves to that next level. And again, a lot of it has to come from internal development. What Cleveland did last year is what Orlando hopes to do this year. They hope to be a team that everyone looked over, said, oh, they're young, they're not ready yet, um, and made a, a pretty big leap. Um, you know, like I remember sitting here looking at the schedule at this time last year and saying, hey, look, if the Magic are in the playoffs toward the end of the season, they got two games against Cleveland, those could be wins. Those could be nice little games to build some momentum uh, and get themselves in the playoffs. Now, obviously, the Magic weren't going to be in the playoffs, but I was just kind of doing that as a for instance. And while Orlando almost won both of those games, they did win the one in Orlando, um, Cleveland, th- those turned out to be like really nice games. Cleveland turned out to be a really good team and a really good opponent, a really tough game uh, for the Orlando Magic um, and for a lot of teams around the league. Uh, so Cleveland is definitely a team to watch. Charlotte is in a weirder place, but I-, I still think what Charlotte has done over the last two years is, again, a place where the Magic want to be within the next year or the next two years. Lobala Ball was immediately dropped onto that roster and elevated that team's offense. They became one of the best offenses in the league, they made the play-in tournament each of the last two seasons. They were unable to get over the hump and into the playoff field. Um, but they have some really good things working for them. Terry Rozier, Gordon Hayward, LaMelo Ball, great offensive trio. Uh, they're able to score pretty pretty effectively. They were, again, one of the best offenses in the league last year. Where they fell short was really bad. Um, and that's why I think the biggest addition that Charlotte made last season was Steve Clifford. Like, we all know what Steve Clifford can do to a team and its defense— 
key defensive discipline. This is the most offensively talented team that I think Steve Clifford has ever coached. Um, you know, he has had a lot of teams that had offensive shortcomings, so defense had to be his focus if they were going to win. This Charlotte team should be very, very good. Uh, and so uh, uh, this Charlotte team, if they can buy in defensively, they can be very, very good. I see the one thing detracting from them is they're missing a, a huge piece, um, and I don't want to reduce this to basketball because it's very serious what happened with Miles Bridges. Uh, he was uh, he was arrest he was arrested and, and I believe a charge with uh, with a domestic with domestic violence. Um, he is still unsigned. It's not really clear what the Hornets are going to do with him. Again, I don't want to reduce this just to basketball because it's such a serious thing. But on the basketball court, that is a major loss for the Hornets. Uh, again, it, it's 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 a really bad situation, and you hope justice is done uh, one way or the other. But on the basketball court, certainly a, a big loss and could cost Charlotte a chance to take that significant step forward because they haven't replaced him. They haven't done it. They haven't replaced that production on the court, and he was a big part of what made the Hornets interesting and unique last season. We're going to get into the teams that are kind of on the way down or not really sure what they're doing. Uh, we'll talk about them, plus the bottom of the standings and why the Magic and the teams at the bottom of the standings aren't so mad about it. We'll get to that coming up here in just a moment. But first... Quick word from our pals at BetOnline. BetOnline.net is the fastest and easiest way to check in on all your betting needs. Find all your favorite sports and events at the number one online source for odds, lines, and games. Find reviews and news for every league, including Major League Baseball, NFL, NBA, NHL, combat sports, esports, and even golf. BetOnline continues to be the top online resource for all your sports wagering information. From live in-game betting, scores, and podcasts, they have you covered. They even have futures now up for Paolo Bancaro's season. You can bet his over-under on points scored and rebounds, plus I'm sure the rookie of the year odds are up as well. Head to BetOnline today or use your mobile device to learn more about the action happening now. BetOnline, where the game starts. The NBA playoffs are right around the corner, and Locked On NBA is here daily to keep you caught up with all the late season drama. Every Monday, Jackson Gatlin rounds up the three biggest stories around the league, helping to break down the NBA playoffs. Mark your calendars to listen to Locked On NBA every Monday to be up to date. Locked On NBA, available on YouTube and wherever you get podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. I hope it's clear at this point that the Eastern Conference is super competitive. I think we're nine teams deep into the Eastern Conference right now. Uh, yeah, I got six teams left. Um, there are nine teams deep in the Eastern Conference, and all nine of these teams that I've described already, I think can be playoff teams. Um, we're going to talk about the Chicago Bulls. They should be a playoff team. Uh, the Washington Wizards, uh, you know, I think they can be a playoff team. Uh, I will not put it past the Indiana Pacers, the Orlando Magic, or the Detroit Pistons to make sizable enough leaps to get into the conversation. We are, I think, truly talking about uh, you know what the Western Conference was uh, maybe five, six years ago, um, where all 15 teams enter the season 
believing they have playoff-capable rosters. Um, and, and I think that's a testament to how much more competitive the Eastern Conference has gotten and honestly just how much smarter general managers and executives are around the league. Um, I don't think you see uh, a lot of general managers, a lot of executives pinning themselves with bad contracts or kind of kind of keeping themselves from playoff contention. I, I also think, yes, there are now 10 teams that make the postseason with the play-in tournament existing. Uh, and that makes it significantly easier to make the postseason, to make, to make a playoff push. Um, but that's also by design. Um, if the NBA wanted uh, the play-in tournament to stop tanking or start stop out-and-out tanking at the beginning of seasons um, to kind of shift what I like to call the point of pain later in the year so there's more competitive games longer into the season, then it has been a huge success. I, I like the play-in tournament. I think it's a great idea. I'll, but we'll, we'll start here now. We'll kind of resu- resume our, our look at the Eastern Conference. There are three teams that I think their futures are in major flux. Um, and, and what they decide to do will depend on how this season turns out. I think the Chicago Bulls are the best situated of these teams, of these three teams I want to talk about. Um, I think they are a playoff team. Uh, they have playoff talent. I just don't think they're much more than a first-round exit. You know, look, Chicago's made goal this offseason was to re-sign Zach Levine. And, and before Alex Caruso and Lonzo Ball's injury last year, the Bulls were the nice story of the, of the league. They were like third or fourth in the Eastern Conference. They had a real chance to be home court and, and to be kind of a, a really good story. But that team, you know, a, injuries slowed them down and, and knocked them down to the sixth seed, and, and, and you know, they were easily dispatched by the Bucs. Um, that team has a ceiling, uh, unfortunately, I think. Um, and, you know, Levine is a really special scorer. DeMar DeRozan had a really nice year last year. He's going to have to repeat that. They're going to need more from Nikola Vucevic. And then they got to get healthy. Um, they got to have Alex Caruso. You know, it's not clear yet if Lonzo Ball is going to be ready for camp and, and ready to play at the, at the level that he was at the start of last season. And losing those pieces hurts. Now, I really like them adding Goran Dragic. I think that that's a good veteran piece to have, a good veteran player to have to kind of help stabilize things and help manage games. But, you know, again, you get to this part of, uh, this part of, of the standings and yes, they, they might have a playoff-capable roster, but it's going to depend on... Their, their success or failure this season is going to depend on injuries and whether players on their depth chart step up. Their lack of depth could be their fatal flaw. These teams have flaws. I would say the same about the Washington Wizards. Um, if Bradley Beal is healthy, they're a really dangerous team. Kristaps Porzingis was a, a good swing because the Wizards know they have to keep Bradley Beal. And so they have to star-capable players. As much as people want to hit the Mavericks version of Kristaps Porzingis, he still put up some numbers. He was still pretty solid, and he had a nice run to end the season with Washington, although not playing a ton with Bradley Beal because of his injury. The Wizards kind of lack depth around them, and that's probably going to be why they missed the playoffs this year. But that's a team with two star-talent players, um, and, and that's, that's enough to put you in the conversation. The team I can't figure out uh, what they're doing or, or what their purpose is is the New York Knicks. Um, I think the Knicks, out of all the teams in the Eastern Conference, the Knicks are the team most stuck um, with where they are. Now, Julius Randle could bounce back and have the kind of season he had in 2020. R.J. Barrett is showing some tremendous growth. He could continue to grow in a significant way. 
Jalen Brunson is a solid scorer. Um, I, I don't think it was necessarily smart to give him all that money. I, I, I thought that was, you know, I, I, I'm not sure exactly what that was. And yeah, if New York gets Donovan Mitchell, then everything changes for that franchise. They still have a lot of nice veterans, so they're going to be a tough out, but I find it hard to believe that the New York Knicks are any closer to winning a championship or got themselves closer to winning a championship this season. Um, I find it hard to believe that they are a consistent playoff team, and if that, they are a first-round exit. Uh, I think that they they need they need to go make a big splash, and, and, and that's scary for the Knicks because they've always had a hard time convincing teams to go. They need Donovan Mitchell, and the desperation of their need for Donovan Mitchell is really obvious, and that's not a strong position to bargain and to make trades. The three teams at the bottom. You've been waiting all podcast long for me to talk about the Orlando Magic. I'm going to make you make one, wait one more team. Everyone believes the Indiana Pacers are a team that's likely to tank this year. I'm not buying it completely. Now, they they could end up, all three of these teams, the Pacers, the Mountains, by mid-March, late March, early April, yeah, they they might be out-and-out tanking. It depends where they end up in the standings. But all three of these teams, I think, should believe that if their talent coalesces, if they have really nice starts, if they get on a little bit of a run, they have a nice little stretch, they could be playoff teams and the outlooks for their season can change. A lot of people kind of assume the Pacers are going to end up tanking this year, but look at that roster. Um, yes, there are depth issues. There are there, there's there's they don't have a lot behind their main guys, but Tyrese Halliburton, Buddy Heald, Miles Turner is a really really good place to start. Um, those are three veteran players, more veteran players than the Magic have than the Pistons have, um, and and that's going to make them more competitive than I think people believe. Um, again, I'm not expecting the Pacers to make the leap. In fact. If things do fall out, if they're, if Halliburton has to miss 15, 20 games, if Turner misses a bunch of games like he usually does, you know, Isaiah Jackson's okay, uh, but they could easily fall down to the bottom of the standings finish finish 15th. Um, I, I, I don't think, I, I, I wouldn't bet on them making the playoffs, but I think they have some really good young pieces. Again, you look at these three teams at the bottom, it's not like these are all teams restarting their rebuilds. These are teams one or two years into their rebuild trying to just kind of figure out what pieces work together before they make that big leap and all capable of making that big leap this year. I think all three of these teams like where they're at. I'm going to start with the Pistons next. They finished fifth. I think I have them 15th in the conference and uh, my power rankings, and it's not because I dislike what the Pistons are doing. Cade Cunningham makes a huge leap. They're a really, really good team. Sadiq Bey is a fantastic shooter. Um, you know, I think they really got a lot out of him last year. Magic fans certainly know that better than most. Um, I really like their draft. Uh, I'm not the biggest Jaden Ivey guy, and I'm not 100% sure I like his fit next to Cade Cunningham necessarily, but the talent's undoubtedly there. I really love their pickup of Jalen Duran. Um, I think that was a huge, I think that was such a smart move and, and such a such a great guy to have as a as a role man for for Cade, for Jaden, for Sadiq, for, for, for that whole team. But just looking at their roster, I think Detroit's roster just doesn't make a ton of sense. Um, they got Isaiah Stewart, love beef stew. Um, he's really turned himself into a nice player. They got Marvin Bagley, who had a nice finish to last season. They've got Jalen Duran. They they picked up Nerlens Noel, which I thought was a nice veteran addition. But their backcourt is really really thin. Yes, they have Cade. Yes, they have Ivy. But beyond them, it, it's gonna get really really dry. And so I think this team is just a bit imbalanced. Um, so it wouldn't surprise me if the Pistons finish last in the Eastern Conference. Um, you know, I, I like the, where they're starting and what they're trying to build, um, but they're, they're they got a few more steps to go before I think they can really start seriously thinking about things. And that brings me to the Orlando Magic. That brings me back to the team that we care about. 
I have the Orlando Magic 14th in the Eastern Conference in my power rankings. And it's not because I dislike what the Magic are doing. It's not because I dislike or, or I'm pessimistic about the Magic's future, or even pessimistic about this team's season. It's really a statement that the Eastern Conference is really, really good and really a statement of we know very, very little about this Magic team. We think we know some things. We like Paolo Bancaro. Obviously, he's a rookie. You can't count on rookies. Rookies are rookies. Um, you got to figure out what you have in him. Uh, we like, you know, a lot of players. Franz Wagner, we don't know what steps he's going to take forward. Markel Fultz is getting set to play his first season, his first full season after tearing his ACL and had his first fully healthy offseason as, as, as far as we know. Um, you've got... Wendell Carter, who had a really nice year, probably the most consistent player on the team and, and, and a really solid player at that. Um, you don't know what you're getting out of Jonathan Isaac. They are extremely young, younger than any team that I probably described at this point in the Eastern Conference. And, and while, again, there is a universe where that team makes the playoffs and surprises everyone, where everything coalesces and everything clicks in a major way, and I wouldn't be totally shocked if that happens. But the odds are a young team with not a lot of experience, with few veterans to be stabilizers, a pretty significant history of injury. Health is a big issue for this Magic team. The odds are that team is going to struggle. And while I think they will improve over their 22-win season, I think they will end up in the upper 20s for wins. I think that'll be a, mo- a more modest improvement, but a season where we will exit saying, oh, we learned a lot about this group. We know what pieces we have to go for next. Are they ready to go after the star? Maybe, maybe not. They got to do that in the next two years, I think. Um, But we will have a better understanding of how to move this team forward and how to shape this team and how to take that next step over the course of the next season or two. Um, This is a season, again, that's not about the wins and losses. It's a season about growth and development. And so they can do that and still end up 14th in the Eastern Conference because the East is, is really just that good. Now, again, they could make that huge leap, but the odds are this team is going to struggle record-wise. There's going to be some frustrating nights. There's going to be some frustrating days, and it's going to be about finding little victories and finding little pockets and showing individual growth and, again, just getting that understanding of what this team needs next to take the leap. They can do that even at the bottom of the standings. And, yes, like I said last week as well, the 2023 draft is going to hang over all these teams uh, and make them have to make some decisions about what strategy they want to play as they move forward. Now, I don't think the Orlando should be out and out tanking. They have a lot on their roster. They need to develop and grow. They've got, you know, they shouldn't be playing a bunch of G League guys at the end of the season. Every game this season should be valuable to the growth and development of what they have on their roster. You know, the draft is the draft. It's going to happen. It's going to be what it is. Um, but they they should be concerned if this team is just so out and out bad that they aren't learning and growing. That's 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 the judge for this season. And so it doesn't really matter where the Magic ultimately finish. Now, obviously, they accomplish a lot of things by surprising people, getting into the 30s, getting into that playoff chase, and I want to see them be in the playoff chase deeper into the season. Uh, but if they do end up at the bottom of the standings, there's still a lot that they'll need to learn and, and, and decide as they move forward. It's all valuable information. That's how I see the Eastern Conference this season. It's going to be a really fun season. I, I, like I said, I think the Eastern Conference has continued to grow and develop and, and, it, and it's become a really competitive conference. It is not going to be easy to win games against Eastern Conference teams. But that's good to do for me today. I want to thank you all again for listening to today's episode of Locked on Magic. Of course, follow me on Twitter at R underscore OMD. 
Subscribe to the podcast and Apple Podcasts that you're tuning in Himalaya, Google Play, Spotify, Odyssey, and all the fun places to love podcasts to your podcast-enabled listening device. For the latest on the Orlando Magic, be sure to check out orlandomagicdaily.com. You can follow us there on Twitter at omagicdaily. Now that you're done listening to us, be sure to check out Locked On NBA. Locked On NBA is still going strong even through the NBA desert here in August. Check them out wherever you download podcasts. But that's going to do it for me today. I want to thank you all again for listening to today's episode of Locked On Magic. For Orlando Magic Daily and Locked On Magic, this is We'll see you all again next time for another episode of Locked On. Hey, Prime members. You can listen to this Locked On podcast ad-free on Amazon Music. Download the Amazon Music app today.